Welcome to Common Talkers. My name is Brandon. I'm William. I'm Sierra. And today we're going to be talking about our top five DC live action films. The rules are simple. Any live action DC film goes. These are our personal picks. Once we get to, before we get to our number one, we'll actually give us out some honorable mentions before we get into our number one picks. So without further ado, Sierra, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. What's your number five? My number five is Batman and Robin, which was released in 1997. It had George Clooney as Batman, Chris O'Donnell as Robin, uh, Lisa Silverstone as Batgirl, and Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. And I chose this one because this was my first introduction to Batman, and I found the movie funny. It was just, it, it holds very dear to my heart. I'm sorry that that was your first introduction to Batman. I'm sorry, yes, but... <laughs> um, what was it? So why why this one, though, over some of the other Batman films with, you know, from the 90s? Like you had, what was it, Batman Returns and Batman Forever, too. Why over this one over that one? Oh, those two. Because this was the first one that I saw, and I actually had the VHS tape of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can you tell us like one of your favorite characters in the movie? My favorite character actually was Robin. It was Chris O'Donnell. Okay, that's good. We're, we're okay there on that one. <laughs> uh, Chris O'Donnell actually wasn't too bad as Robin. I didn't mind him. Mm -mm. I think, do I think he was like a Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man? He was too old for the role? Yeah, kind of. But he still fits it. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't mind him. Okay. All right, Mr. Willie, what's your number five? All right, my number five was Green Lantern. It was made in two, uh, 2011, and the cast was Ryan Reynolds as Hal Jordan slash Green Lantern. Uh, Blake Lively as Carol Farrell, Ferris, Carol Ferris. Uh, Mark Strong as Sinestro, and Peter Sarsgaard as Hector... Hammond. So why why choose this one over again over some of the good or better ones too? Well, I chose that one's mainly just because of Brian Reynolds. I think he's a fantastic actor. I think he's hilarious. And if I had to pick another big reason, then it would have to be Mark Strong and Sinestro because exactly he was an amazing portrayal and he really made like a big effort into putting all his all into interpreting Sinestro. Right. I'll, I'll give you that. I think Mark Strong had the strongest role in that movie, I, even over Ryan Reynolds. I, I he just played Sinestro to the T. I don't think I don't think you could have asked for anybody else better. Sad he's in Shazam and plays a role that just to me didn't fit him. They should bring him back as Sinestro. Yeah. Give him a fear ring and go, oh, I've been Sinestro all along, you know, instead <laughs> of, you know. Okay. All right. So, so I'll go ahead and I'll give off my number five. Uh -huh. I'm going to get to that point. Um, so my pick was actually Batman 1989. Again, movie was released in 1989. Features the cast of Michael Keaton as Batman or Bruce Wayne. Jack Nicholson as the Joker. And you also have a couple like Billy D. Williams. A lot of people don't realize Billy D. Williams is in that movie as Harvey Dent. 
you know there's a lot of characters that i love about this movie you know in this movie and i also like this movie because i feel that it was an underdog going into the theaters not a lot of people thought michael keaton would do the job a lot of people just didn't feel like he was suited for batman and look what he showed he, he could be a good batman Zach nicholson perfect joker too i, I will put him as in my top tier list for jokers i just feel like he just played the maniacal part of Joker to the point where it just worked for the movie. Of course, he's a little childish for all the other Jokers we've had, but he still plays the role. I didn't mind him. And I think out of all the other ones, I just feel like this is the best, one of the best Batman movies out there, especially out of all the 90s, 80s, 90s Batman movies that came out. So my number five is actually Batman nice um so let's go ahead sierra what is your number four my number four is birds of prey okay so tell us a little bit about birds of prey that movie came out in 2020 the cast has Margot as harley quinn mary winstead as the huntress And Ewan as Black Mask. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I chose this movie because, in my personal opinion, I think it was a lot better than the first one. This shows Harley Quinn by herself without the Joker. And she's trying to find herself in her new life that she has to live now without him. And she picks up other people along the way. So I got a question. You said the first one. What one is the first one? Suicide Squad. Okay. That's why I was like, there was no Birds of Prey number one. Like, this is in the second movie. It's just a continuation. <laughs> but, okay. So what was it? Like, what? Like, so of course, Harley's probably going to be one of your favorites in this. But mm -hmm. is there another character that you felt like, I like this one over anybody else? Or you kind of just stick with Harley in this one? Yeah, Harley and the kid, the kid that she's taking care of. Yeah, it's Cassandra Kane, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, I haven't watched the movie a lot, so I've only watched it, I think, once. But, but yeah, okay, okay. All right, now, Mr. Willing, what's your number four? Uh, my number four that I chose was Batman Forever, released in 1995. And you could not get a more all-star cast than this movie I mean, at the time it came out, it had Val Kilmer as Bruce Wayne, Batman, uh, Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face, Jim Carrey as the Riddler, uh, Nicole Kidman as Dr. Chase, and uh, Chris O'Donnell as Dick Grayson for Robin. I mean, those are those are really big names when that movie came out. Right. So why choose that one over... Again, a lot of the other Batman movies that came out during that time period. Primarily because of Jim Carrey. I always, I, I mean, he's an amazing actor and he's, it shows his talents definitely when it came to this movie as the Riddler. He was just phenomenal. He was funny. He was insane. But then aside from that, just not only with how well he portrayed the character, how well he was able to bounce off of Val Kilmer's Batman, 
and their psychological warfare. And it's the kind of stuff that you would see in the old uh, Batman cartoons anytime he came up against the Riddler. There was always that uh, war between their psychological differences. See, and what was it? Like, I like Batman Forever. I think it is a good movie. I think the only downfall for me was Tommy Lee Jones. So for me, for him, you know, he, he's such a serious actor to me. And he, and he was perfect cast for Two-Face because Two-Face is a serious character. And then they made him comical. And it's just like, yeah. you can't do that. Two-Face to me is not comical. He's a very serious character. That's one of the things that could have made the movie a little bit better is that they had him as the counter for Jim Carrey's Riddler. Right. Not then you'd have the silly, crazy person. Then you'd have the serious, down to business person. Exactly. I agree there. I I think if they did that, it probably would have been made my top five list. But with just that alone was just enough for me to go, now I'm good. <laughs> like I don't I don't work need... for me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. So number four for you was okay. So it was Batman Forever. Yep. Um, so I'll go ahead and give off my number four. Um, my number four is actually Batman Begins. Um, released in 2005, which started the Dark Knight trilogy out of them. You have Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne, aka Batman. You got Michael Caine as Alfred, Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox, Liam Neeson as, oh God, what was his name? Ducard, um, I can't remember his name all the time. And sorry, I have a look at my notes there for a minute, everybody. I can, I'm not perfect. I don't know everybody's names like that. Um, and and Killian Murphy as Scarecrow, Jonathan Crane. I think this was a cast that was a little not diverse, but it was kind of an all star cast as well. Like you had, but they were all from every. You know, like you have Liam Neeson, who was more the action and the you know, and you have Christian Bale, who was known for horror movies, along with, you know, action as well. And Michael Caine, and you also had Morgan Freeman, who are veterans in the business. This movie just clicked. I, I just love it. It was a good introduction to Batman, a story that we've never, like, it wasn't just, oh, the parents were shot in the alley. It actually gave us a story behind what actually happened after that. It wasn't just, oh, they just shot in the alley, done. Like, no, they gave us, where did he go? What did he do? Things like that. That's why I love this movie. I think it was just a different take on Batman that people weren't expecting. And it finally just made, it just made sense. It, it really did. Yeah. If I could say that I had any grievances with that movies, it would be two things. The first would be choosing Scarecrow as the first person that they put Batman up against. Because he's not really, he wasn't really the most well-known when it came to Batman's villains. And the other thing was that they killed off Ra's al Ghul so quickly when he plays such a big part in Batman's story. Like, I look at the Scarecrow more, the reason why they did is because maybe they just didn't do a movie with him in it. So maybe would start small and grow big. It's kind of what I was thinking, maybe, why they did. Because then the next movie led to Joker and then led to Bane and Talia, Al Ghul. And I think that's why they killed off, you know, Descartes or Ra's al Ghul that we come to find out later on. Um, because I feel like Talia was kind of like, 
you know, even though they, they could have did a lot better with her, was like what they were setting up. Like, you're not done with the Al Ghouls yet. Like, you're still dealing with one more. And it comes later on that you find out Miranda, one of his love interests, is Dali Al Ghul. And, you know, I think the only thing I hated about this movie was Katie Holmes. I, I, I just couldn't get behind her. It, it, I like Maggie Gyllenhaal more than I liked, you know, Katie Holmes. I, it just did. It, it, I think Maggie Gyllenhaal just connected more with them while Katie couldn't. So I don't know. I, that, I think that's the only thing that made me mad for the movie. I think Christian Bale's and Michael Caine's relationship is awesome. I think they could have asked two better actors to play with each other. Um, and the max and the and the cast, sorry, just mix as well. It, it just does. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie. It's one of my first Batman movies I watched in theaters, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was probably one of the best Batman movies I've ever watched. So my number four is Batman Begins. All right, Sierra, let's hear your number three. My number three is a movie that came out in 2004 known as Catwoman with Halle Berry as Catwoman. Yeah, mine was Catwoman as well. For number okay, three. this podcast has come to an end. We're going to sit here. <laughs> Bye, roll the credits. Yeah, Bye. <laughs> wait, wait. We hope that we had another podcast here soon. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to just ask you guys, why, why Catwoman? Like, out of all movies, Catwoman's like, God. <laughs> why? Like, why Catwoman? Because it was good. It was the only Catwoman movie and personally i think it was good you got catwoman is like one of the most iconic figures like of female she's the most like one of the most iconic female characters arguably compared to like poison uh, ivy or or batgirl <laughs> and they needed to make a movie about catwoman and this mm-hmm. one honestly was very well made in my opinion. I'm I'm gonna be honest. I think they did better with Michelle Pfeiffer in a matter of maybe 40 minutes of screen time or more than they did with Halle Berry in a whole stinking movie. Like I there you is think that, but if you actually go back and rewatch that, she's not very good as Catwoman. I, I still disagree like that one I will I think that's like our disagreement there because out of all the Catwomans by far Michelle Pfeiffer to me is the best very like that's just my opinion like and all of us have our own different opinions yeah and Hathaway will never make mm-mm. she wasn't a good enough she was a good Selena Kyle but not a good Catwoman that's how I viewed her and Michelle Pfeiffer was pretty much to me was the total package that she you couldn't have asked anybody better during that time frame to play her. I, I just mm, there's no way. I, I she just was overkill. She took the cat and went overboard with Catwoman. I I agree with you there. That's the only thing I don't like about that. It's like she's just a cat burglar. That's all she is. She's not like part cat. 
and I agree with you there. But I just think for what Tim Burton was going for, I think was it worked. It, it just did. Like they make even Penguin look like a penguin for crying out loud. Like it, it just works. It, it it for his story that just every opinion is going to be different. But that's why I said so. I think what turned me off there, and it still does, is the CGI. I mm, the CGI. I think it was good for two thousand four. I really do. For what they were working with, I think it was pretty good. Could have been better, yes, but for the time and. Can I? I was going to say, can I play devil's advocate there for a minute? You have movies like Lord of the Rings, who did amazing, amazing. Sorry, I swear to God, I'm gonna. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I slur my words a lot. Sorry, I'm not trying to do it on purpose, but who did amazing CGI on their work amazing advanced for their time and even daredevil to me did a lot better job than catwoman did and daredevil was a year before all three lord of the rings were i think the last one came out a year before catwoman did so to me it was just like i think it was just Warner brothers kind of being lazy in my eyes it, it, that movie just did not hit with me it didn't but of course it's not me slandering you guys that's your guys picks you know and what was it? But I kind of want to hear more about you guys. That was the only thing I'm like, that was my turnoff with the movie was the CGI automatically was just like, no, like, so like what, what made you guys kind of go like, yeah, I want to use this one. Salad Berry's hot. (laughs) No, honestly, I think that the reason I put that movie in my list was because it was a kind of a breakthrough way to develop, like show some development for that character. Cause everybody who read the comic books knows who Catwoman is. They have read comics and back to back. They know like all of her backstory and all that stuff and how she connects with Batman and everything. And I thought if they were to continue with this, this would have been a pretty good lead up to introducing her to more of the DC universe because they actually introduced, not only introduced how she came about, but other aspects from the comics that kind of played into her development. What are you doing with your eyes? With me? (laughs) Yeah. I wasn't trying to do anything. (laughs) I don't know about you but in my camera it looked like one eye was going while the other one was going the opposite way anyway that's probably just the camera but yeah i thought it really i thought it was a good way to kind of introduce people to catwoman and some of her allies some of her enemies that most people don't really know about okay okay what about you sarah what what was some of the reasons you chose this one well, I chose it because it was it's the first Catwoman movie of just Catwoman. It was just mostly on her, which I think Catwoman deserved more than just being part of Batman or something, just her. Okay. All right. And her uniform looks better, in my opinion. All right. All right. No, I'm not. Like I said, this is your guys' pig. It just was shocking because I was just like, what? 
and actually another thing like you just said um it was a movie where it was just catwoman who at times is viewed as being just the side character for batman and if you think about it this was kind of one of the first movies where that was done where they would like they're doing a lot more now where they're getting a side characters or less popular characters that are only known because of the main characters like Superman or Batman and Wonder Woman. But that was the first one where it took an kind of a side character who had a lot of development and actually made her the main character. Mm -hmm. All right. No, no, you guys give good cases for it. That's why I was just like, I, to me, it never just resonated with me. I just, I kind of just pushed it to the side. I was like, oh, I'm good. I don't need to watch it anymore. And but you know, okay. So my number three is the other main lady who starred in her own movie. Came out in 2017. She was the main lead. It was Wonder Woman. I I know a lot of people are gonna sit here and go, oh, there's more. You know, she should be near the top. I'm like, well, for me, there's a couple more movies that oversee her. And in so just give you a little background thing. Of course, it was released in 2017. Um, cast was Gal Gadot as Diana or Wonder Woman. Yeah, Chris Pine as Steve Trevor. Yeah, Connie Nelson as Hippolyta. You had Robin Wright as Ant Antiope. I, I can never pronounce her name right. Sorry. Even when I read the comics, it's hard for me to pronounce them. And David Wells as Sir Patrick slash Aries. I, I actually enjoyed this movie. And at first, I was kind of skeptical. It was off the toes of Batman versus Superman. And I, I was scared for it. I was just like, oh, no, this is going to be terrible. And I think where I fell in love with it is when she actually goes into No Man's Land. I think that was, like, I liked the beginning of the movie. I thought it was good. But I still was feeling like it was lacking something. When it came to No Man's Land and she gets out there and pretty much defends herself against a whole army of bullets coming at her, what a phenomenal scene. That scene just took me away. And I, I, I just, right there from that point on, I was pretty much hooked. I could not get my eyes off the, off the screen. I was pretty much hooked from the beginning or from that point on. And I know that's about halfway, but it just, you know, sometimes it can be considered slow when it first starts because it's still trying to build the story, but it finally hits that point. And it just, it just hits off really well. You know, I know a lot of people didn't like Aries in the movie. For what he was given, I, I didn't mind him. Yeah, I think they could have found somebody better than, um, what was it, than Thwell, or Thwell is, you know, but at the same time, I feel like he was given what he, you know, he was given the, you know, the script. I think he did the best that he could. Uh, but other than that, I really couldn't sit here and knock that movie. I think the movie was really good from the beginning, from beginning to end. After I watched, rewatched it actually a few days ago, for this list it, it just still connects with me it, it really does and it, it's still a good movie so yeah yeah so by number three is wonder woman all right all righty all right miss sierra let's go to your number two my number two is a movie that came out in 2005 and it has Keanu Reeves in it. Oh, I was going to guess. I'd be like, I guess. And then when you say Keanu Reeves, I was like, no. It has Keanu Reeves. 
Rachel Winston in it, and that movie is Constantine. Hmm. Constantine. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so tell me a little bit why you chose Constantine. I'm, I'm kind of curious. It's a good movie, but I'm kind of curious why you chose it. I like it. One, it has a really good cast. And two, I didn't know it was a DC movie. So. Okay. But like, what, what did, what? And was... I think a lot of people don't know that. I could be wrong. Maybe they're just smarter than me. But I, me personally, I like the concept of this movie of what it has to deal with. Because I think a lot of us, if we could, we would want to take out the bad in the world. Right. Like I, I mind you, I like I like the movie. It it to me, for me, it wasn't top ten worth or top five worthy, but it was still a good movie. I still enjoy watching it whenever it's on screen. And what was it? That but like what attracted like was it just the story that attracted you or what the story? Um and the cast. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. And Rachel. Why? And, and what she said that you didn't know that it was a DC and you figured most people don't know that it's a DC. That's the thing. Like, there's quite a bit of people who do read the comics and they do, they have seen a lot of Constantine in the comics, but a good majority of them didn't even know that he that was a comic book movie either just because of the fact that Keanu Reeves was never known for being any having anything to do with comic books it didn't really give off any indication that it was a comic book it would just was called Constantine and had a picture of him with angel wings on the cover so when people see that they don't immediately think oh it's going to have to do with magic or anything like that a lot of people were getting this uh implication that it was just going to have to do with just demons and angels there wasn't really a lot of build-up to indication of that it was going to be about constantine character from dc comics right like i don't think i watched i didn't watch constantine until i got into high school and at first i didn't know it was a comic book either i'm not gonna lie but when i got older you know, of course, when I, you know, I was starting to read more of the darker comics and I realized Constantine was, you know, John Constantine was the same dude from the movie. But I agree with you guys. I get that sense of like, people didn't really like, to me, I I didn't know that at first, but there might be some people that go, yeah, that, that was a comic book. We all know, that. you know, but I agree with you, Willie. Like people wouldn't really resonate with that because it's just angels and demons when Constantine is so much more than just angels and demons he's yeah. a magic user things like that i but it was still a great movie and i'm happy they're doing a second one finally so that i'm i know sierra's looking forward to that one <laughs> <laughs> all right well what's your number two all right my number two was suicide squad oh god I mean, at this point, I don't even need to name the cast. Everybody knows who it is. Will Smith, Margaret Robbie, freaking the best villains ever that they could have gotten. And then Enchantress. Yeah, and then Enchantress. (laughs) 
God. Yeah, if I was actually going to point out any grievances at all that I have with this movie, it was just the addition of the Joker. But even then, the rest of the movie was phenomenal to me. See, I'll agree with you there, but I think my grievance more with the Joker part is that they marketed to us that it was going to be Joker. It was going to be Joker as the main villain. No one knew it was going to be Enchantress. And then when the movie came out, Joker's scenes were pretty much cut and then was introduced Enchantress as the villain. And it just, it didn't work with me because it was like, again, it was like another incident like with Batman versus Superman when they showed the trailers and they showed Doomsday. Everybody knows what's going to happen at that point. Yeah. And I can extend an olive branch if they did have more scenes with the Joker and had him actually develop more and made him do more instead of only giving him the few scenes that they did. There's a possibility that he could have been better, but just with what they gave us, he was so bland and the only reason that he's memorable was just because of the fact that he wasn't Joker. Right. I'll, I'll agree with you there. Like Joker to me. Right. You know, like to me, he just gave off, like he gave off the creepy vibe. Don't get me wrong. And I think you have to have the creepy vibe to be a Joker. But he didn't give off the sense of the creepiness along with, you know, the, the maniacal part of it. Like, it's not, he didn't mix that well. It was just more creepy, and yeah. I didn't care for that. Sierra, what's your view of the movie? I know you also didn't care for this one, but I'm kind of curious to hear what you say. I don't want to say I didn't care for it, because I did like it, because it did introduce us to Suicide Squad. But my only complaint is, I didn't like the Joker. I did not. He wasn't my favorite. Heath Ledger will always be my favorite Joker because he actually tried. He gave off the Joker. Right. This Joker gave off a gangster kind of feel to it. And I didn't really, didn't really like it that well. Like, I think, I think my only problem with the movie, period, like, of course, you know, like, I agree with you, Willie, the Joker was too bland. I'll agree with you there. And I feel it was not so much Jared Leto's fault. I feel Mm -hmm. it was Warner Brothers fault because they pretty much cut a lot of scenes with him and pretty much made Enchantress the villain. And I didn't like that because Enchantress to me was just like, like, I I didn't care for her. I, I, she just, mm -mm. I I just, it didn't fit well with the story. I, I just didn't care for it. And I realized that I put this as my number two of my top five and i've only pointed out the things that i didn't like about it so what's what's here why you liked it what, what's some of the reasons well, okay so the reason that i like it was mainly like obviously it's because of the suicide suicide squad itself uh will smith as Deadshot. i don't care what people say yes he was playing will smith as will smith but he's a darn good actor he's phenomenal and he always has that spunky character that knows what he's doing 
and will show you that he knows what he's doing. He will, like, he just rent, like, emanates that energy every time he's on camera. And you had, uh, what's her name? Um, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. She's pretty much the definition of Harley Quinn now. It's hard seeing anybody else play her at this point because she, she she's made that character what it is. And not saying that I don't like the original from the cartoons. I thought, like, I've, I'm always going to see when it comes to the animated Batman uh, that uh, the jester as Harley Quinn. Right. But now how they've developed her with her it kind of just fits now right but then along with that you they introduced you to other villains that a lot of people don't know of nowadays like captain croc and or captain boomerang croc uh diablo and on diablo i mean yeah he was a phenomenal not much to say he was the best thing to ever be made in that movie right. and it's sad that they kind of had to kill him off right there but he was the best character in the entire film in my opinion i agree i i i actually did like diablo i didn't know much about him and he came on screen and you he tugs on your heartstrings like you feel bad for him and you know and you know how he doesn't even want to use his powers anymore that that was just the thing that I think hit me, it's like, he's hurt people. I don't want to go back out and do it again. And, and, and then him stepping up the way he did, it just really showed like, you know, helping, you know, he really is a good person in heart, but yeah. it's made bad decisions. And fun fact, did you know that uh, the scene, the ending scene of Diablo, when he transforms into that giant uh, Aztec skeleton, mm-hmm. That's actually never been seen in any of his comic books. That was a new development of his character that came from that movie. Right. And I think I, and that part I didn't mind. Got rid of this. The, the other sorcerer or whatever that dude was, like the brother of Enchanter. I didn't yeah. like that guy either. That dude just was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go knock people down. I was <laughs> like, dude, we don't need you in the screen. Like, don't waste our time kind of thing. And and I think that was like, and his and his uh, sacrifice was just awesome the way he did it. Yeah. Let's see if you know this one. There's another fun fact. Clint Eastwood's son is in the movie. Mm-hmm. He's this soldier that mm-hmm. goes underneath. He's one of the soldier, one of um, Colonel Flagg's right hand men. That was one of the guys that works with him a lot. And I I didn't realize that till after the movie that was actually him. And I loved it. I loved every minute of that because I was just like, oh, now he's getting, you know, he's going to fall in his dad's footsteps and his acting and doing all that. And he's already been going other to other big franchises. So it's awesome. All right. So my number two is it, it is a controversial movie in some ways. I've heard a lot of people not like this movie. I've heard a lot of people like this one. I like it. Um, it's a movie that was released in 2005. It's B for Vendetta. Um, starring Hugo, Hugo Weaving as V. You have Natalie Portman as Evie. The, this movie just hit with me. Now, I'm not going to lie. I was one of those people that 
when I first watched it, it made zero sense to me. I literally was just like, at first, I thought this was complete garbage. I got, I seriously did. It didn't make any sense to me. I, I pretty much, I think I got like a third of the way in the movie and I pretty much turned it off. It, it just did not hit with me very well. And, you know, I had a friend of mine tell me, you need to watch it again. So I watched it again and I enjoyed it. I, I, it finally made sense to me, like, okay, now this is what's happening. And I think it's not your typical, again, this is a movie that a lot of people don't realize is a DC movie. It is, you know, like when I first watched the movie and it comes up with the DC scrolls, I'm like, oh, really? This is a DC movie? Oh, I didn't know that. But this isn't your typical hero movie. This is an anti-hero that believes in his ways and he's against the government. So he's viewed as a terrorist. When he's only out for freedom. And I think it's an interesting view of how we all kind of look at government sometimes, that they interfere too much. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, in a bad way or anything like that, but I'm talking about, you know, the fact that it just brings it together. And I think it's way, I think this is one of the few instances that. I like the movie. I know this is going to be controversial. I like the movie more than I like the comic. The comic, I just feel like there's a lot of things that wouldn't resonate now. That it just wouldn't. It wouldn't, or wouldn't, you know, no one would be able to cling on to those issues like the movie. The movie brings out more things that are more relatable to me instead of the book, you know, like. You know, it, it just, I'm not going to go in full detail about everything because then I'd be spoiling it for, for people who haven't watched the movie. But this, to me, is one of my favorite movies, probably in my top five movies of all time. This would rank up there. And I enjoy this movie. It is a great movie to watch. And what was it? Yeah. So V for Vendetta is my number two. Yeah, it's definitely one of those that, like you said, people don't realize it's a DC movie because I remember I first watched that movie like a long time ago, probably like when it first came out. And then I never watched it again until just recently. I sat down and watched it again and I saw the DC logo pop up and I was like, oh, now I can put these on my list. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't either. And watching it was like, this is really a DC movie. Like, I didn't think that way. And mind you, it was I believe it was released before Batman Begins, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, 2005 was really, for me, not the best year for Superman, but to me, it was for DC, because you had that, plus you also had Batman Begins. Yeah. And I think it really started taking off from there. You know? So, yeah. So, all right. So, what's, before we get to our number ones, I want to talk about our honorable mentions. So, Sierra, I want to see what's your honorable mentions? My honorable mention is a movie that came out in 2017, and that is Wonder Woman. Okay. So, why? So, I have to ask you what made you not put it on your top five? Personally, it was a good movie, but it wasn't my favorite. It really wasn't. Um, Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? I do like Wonder Woman. 
but I don't really know too much about her. So, okay, watch the movie. But I just, the storyline was good. It was her backstory and all of that. But I just, I don't know. I just, for me, I couldn't really get into it. Okay. There was just too much going on, too much. And it made me cry. That was just, you know. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, Willie, what's your honorable mentions? All right, well, I got two honorable mentions. Uh, one is Justice League that came out in 2017, and the other one is Shazam that came out in 2019. Okay, so what made you not put those on your list? Well, they're very nice movies. They're very fun movies. Justice League, it's the first attempt for DC to try to do the same thing that what they were trying to do with Marvel and get their superhero team together and show where they've come and show us the superheroes that we're supposed to all know and love. Uh, the biggest issue is they threw out three brand new superheroes at us that nobody knew about and two of which haven't even gotten their own movies yet and we're still waiting on those. Right. But it was a decent movie. It was just a little bit poorly executed in my opinion. Okay. And then the other movie, Shazam. I love the movie. It's hilarious. I love the actors that they got involved with it. I love the use of uh, Billy Batson. I thought like it's interesting how you can introduce a child as the superhero. And like it was always going to be a good idea to have like I, I've always thought the idea of Shazam was an interesting idea for a superhero. So seeing it executed in a movie was nice. But the biggest problem with it was just the actors that they got, the rest of the actors that they had for the cast. Because poorly executed villain, uh, poorly executed mentor, and then poorly executed other Shazams that nobody know about well i think the one that resonates with me is of course you know you have what was it i think her name is mary batson i haven't read a lot of shazam comics lately um and captain marvel jr were the only two that really like resonated with me because i was just like yeah i know him from the comics and they both were in the movie yeah you know captain marvel jr being freddie freeman that's you know that's him but everybody else was just like, yeah, I agree. I And again, it's like I said already, when we were talking about Green Lantern with Mark Strong, you have a great actor who can play a perfect villain. To me, Shazam just didn't capitalize on it. It just was a terrible villain. I, I didn't care for him. Like, give me a reason to, un, you know, I understand he's, he's envious. Like he, he, you know, he wants what Shazam has and because he was turned down because he was tempted but my whole thing is is that i just feel like it didn't still give me a sense to care like yeah. i like a villain who i can care about like too like you know like it, it just really hard i know it's sometimes hard to do it with certain villains but i to me it's like you could try a little harder to make him 
why should I like him or why should he be a villain that I, you know, want to see? It seemed like the seven deadly sins did more than he did. That's how I look at it. Yeah. And I just, that's pretty much was my biggest problem with the movie was that. Um, so I actually got two honorable mentions as well. I, before I continue, Willie, did you have any more honorable mentions? No. Okay. I have two honorable mentions as well. Um, first one being Dark Knight Rises. Now, I know a lot of people say, oh, you like it because it has it's got the most annoying Bane voice ever. <laughs> Let me explain. I still like the movie. I still think there, there was something in there that was for me. I don't know exactly how to explain it, but it still did. Like to me, it brought in a Dick Grayson without even showing him as a Nightwing or, you know, being a bat, you know, Batman psychic. It just showed him as Dick Grayson. You know, you, this is a Batman who's pretty much been retired for, you know, eight years now. And seeing that he's viewed as a, the villain who killed Harvey Dent. That was one of the things that I feel and too, I think it was like, you know, the main message is what happened when you fall, you rise up. You know, and I think that whole storyline where Bane breaks his back, one of the most iconic scenes in comics, and he gets back up and goes back to Gotham to save it before it's too late, I think is one of the most powerful scenes in that movie. And, you know, again, star-studded cast, it, it just really hit for me. And, you know, Tom Hardy, I know a lot of people are not going to like me saying this, Tom Hardy actually did play not that bad of a Bane. I didn't mind him. And... I agree the voice gets annoying. It's pretty laughable now, but I still like him. I think the only turnoff for me in this movie, I didn't always like the twist with Talia. I didn't like that twist at the end with Talia al Ghul. And I didn't like Anne Hathaway. I thought they could have found somebody better to play Catwoman. I just didn't care for it as much. Um, my other honorable mention I also know is going to be controversial. And I knew this was a DC movie, but it, it's Watchmen. And now I know people are going to be like, why well, choose Watchmen? That, that was, hear me out. <laughs> I think it tried to do something that nobody else was willing to try to do. I think it is, it's a very hard story to adapt. I'll say it that way. And Zack Snyder brought it to the screen. Do I think there's problems with it? Absolutely. I do think there's a lot of problems, but it shows a different side of superheroes. And I think it's not just your sugarcoating, you know, like all the old card, you know, the cartoons and stuff that we watch. This is not just your typical superhero team. This is a whole bunch of people that look at the world all in a different way. And being the main hero, one of the main heroes on the team turns out to be the villain later on in the movie really resonates with me because it's just one of those things like he wants still to have world peace but yet he can only find that by doing something villainous and something destructive and it's interesting it puts that dynamic there that moral dynamic there like how do we do this one of my favorite characters in the movie is rorschach i i fuck i i enjoyed it i thought it was one of the best things that I enjoyed about that movie was Rorschach. It, it just, 
you know him being like the bat you know the batman in this case like he's the one that views this team like you know what's really happening he's the true detective of the group and i enjoyed this i thought it was really good well done it didn't make my top five because there is still problems with the movie i I still do think there's issues that i just didn't care about um mainly it's not the cgi i didn't like uh what's her name can't remember her name silver spectra if i'm not mistaken um i didn't care for her i I just felt like they could have found somebody better um patrick wilson is night or or owl man or you know or night owl sorry um i just didn't care for him those two characters alone just made me not like the movie the first opening credit, you know, when you see all the old team and, you know, their demise and everything, I thought that was perfect. I thought that set up the story really well. Having the scene with the comedian and you come to find out Mandius sitting there fighting him, I thought was a very well done, beautiful scene. I think that was just a good fight scene and it led to something more beautiful. I, I just really enjoyed that. But there's still problems with it. And I think that's why I just couldn't notch it into my top five so all right so let's get to our number ones sierra what's your number one my number one is a movie that was released in 92 it has michael keaton danny devito michelle pfeiffer and christopher walken and that movie is batman returns you know I want to know why you chose Batman Returns. You know, was it me? Or, you know, was it Christopher Walken? You know, Max Strike? (laughs) I do have to say, I did like his part. It was creepy, but I did like it. Um, Well, thank you very much. That's the last time you'll ever hear me do Christopher Walken on our podcast. My good. Good. <laughs> Leave the voices to me, my good sir. <sighs> now this has become a contest of who can do the better Christopher Walken. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, coming at me all wrong. It's the wrong time. Do it again. I'll stab you in the face of the siren I am. You know, I'm not going to fight you on that. We understand. <laughs> you know. So you're trying to fight me. you got to come at me like a man. <laughs> you got to bring more cowbell. <laughs> got a fever. <laughs> anyway. So... <laughs> So why so why why Batman Returns? What what made you like this movie? Or why would you put it at number one? Okay. This was my second Batman movie that I saw. <laughs> and it was creepy. It wasn't what I was used to. Well, I mean again, Tim Burton. But the penguin, when I think of this movie, I don't think of Catwoman I do but the one character that really stuck out in my head was Danny DeVito as Penguin that was the most 
terrifying scene ever. His character just you know, right. And I think uh, that's what made the movie, in my opinion, was Dan DeVito. So I, I actually kind of got a question. So what made you so mind you, the only other Batman movie that was, you know, that had Michael Keaton in it or was directed by Tim Burton was Batman in 1989. Mm-hmm. So why choose Batman Returns? Why would you recommend Batman Returns more than Batman? I think Batman Returns because it's different. It's a different Batman. The only other ones, they're more have a serious tone to it. This one is more, I don't want to say comical because it's not really comical, but it's more of a dark look on a Batman movie, in my opinion. And I do like dark, creepy things. So this movie, if you're into dark, weird movies, this is it. Okay. If you're a Batman fan that likes dark, creepy things, yes. Actually, like on that, if you're a person who likes Batman, like the old comic books or the old like animated cartoon, then this is the one, if you want to see a good live action adaptation this is the one to go to because like you said it is dark and it really is reminiscent of how dark the comic book can be or how dark the animated series could be like this like aside from this move like before this movie all you had was adam west batman and just kind of comedic versions of batman you, you never really had a good dark Batman that really showed you what Batman was like back in the old school days. Yeah. I, I agree with you there. I, I do think this was a different take on the Penguin because you know from you know it's like you said like we, we had the comics and stuff but they were all the same even with the show with the 1966 you know the Adam West show they were pretty much it was just a rich guy that was short and stocky. This was a different take on him. He literally looked like a Penguin and i it actually was interesting to kind of you know watch it um fun fact you guys don't pay attention look at the parents of the penguin you guys know who that is i can't remember the woman but i know the man same guy who played peewee herman (laughs) i am not kidding you really look at him in the face and you will see because he was always in tim burton movies so that was one of the things he was in. He appeared in that. And the woman was from the, I believe she was part of the Pee Wee Herman movies, if I'm not mistaken. I, I can't remember if that was his real life wife or not. But it, it really, like, you really pay attention. It's just like, that's Pee Wee Herman. That really is. But I, I think it, again, going back to the whole Catwoman discussion, I do think this gave off the best Catwoman. Now, I think the character, I hate to say, you know, you know, I wasn't the best actor in the movie. I, I didn't like, I didn't care for Christopher Walken. I think that was a character they could have got rid of and it would have made 10 times better. It, it just, he was just one of those unneeded characters. I understand his purpose in the story and trying to use the penguin, you know, and stuff. But again, it wasn't needed. I think that was just the one thing that was just like, you could have did without and would probably made the movie better. Make him rise up to his own fame. We don't need somebody to help you rise up to that fame. So, you know, 
I should have never been hired, you know? Uh, but it's whatever. It happened. It's still a good movie. I I I like I like both the movies with Batman with Michael Keaton. This one just couldn't make that range. If we did a top ten list, it probably would rank in my top ten. It's just not at that range where I could put it up higher. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, what's your number one? All right, my number one for DC movies. It's almost hard to talk about it at this point because you both have already talked about it. Wonder Woman. I mean, you guys have both already said so much about it. Uh, the only addition I can say to why it made my top one, my number one of all the other movies was just because this movie was kind of at the, I can't say the first one, but definitely the second turning point for DC movies. First was Batman uh, Begins, and you see the development of DC right after that movie, how it got a huge rise, but then with every DC movie that started coming out after that, it kind of was sinking again with all the other, uh, with the way that they were trying to progress. And you can see the fan base, there's a big flux when it right after they did batman versus superman to when they did wonder woman and it just started bringing back all the fans to dc again because they were after seeing that movie how well it was made how well it was acted uh how well it was directed written all that and it started getting people to think okay maybe we're gonna have some good stuff coming from dc again they didn't, but <laughs> but it was still probably the best attempt to try to get people back into watching DC again. And Wonder Woman definitely took the cake. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, like, was there like a certain scene, kind of like how I said it, like with the No Man Land scene? Like that to me is what captivated me. Well, that's one of them. I mean, any any fight scene, every fight scene that happened in that movie was really well choreographed. It was well edited. I'm not always the biggest fan of slow-mo scenes, but the way they showed it in that movie, like every time there was a slow-mo scene that happened, it was always followed by something dynamic happened, like uh, Wonder Woman dodging, uh, people attacking and then immediately firing with a bow and arrow at people in front and behind her. The scene in No Man's Land when she's knocking the bullets away with her bracers. Right. Uh, scenes where she bangs the bracers together and it tips over a tank. And then the giant fight scene at the end where they're all having their dynamic superhuman battle. All the meanwhile, you have... Uh, who was the other guy? Steve Trevor. Yeah. The pilot. Yeah, you have him doing his thing, trying to get the plane like under control, and like managed everything on his end. You got like at that battle scene, you had two two wars going on at once. Right. And it was just really well executed. 
that, that's actually a good way to put it. Like you had the war between, you know, you had what's going on between her and Aries, but then it's her, you know, not trying to, you know, she could have tried to save Steve Trevor before that went on. Yeah. I think it's an awesome dynamic where it was like, either you choose this or you choose this. You choose for the better good or you choose for, you know, like, and I think that was actually a really good thing. And what she sacrificed for that too, I think was perfect. Okay. So, so my number one is to me, period, probably one of the best superhero movies, probably the best superhero movie ever made. And it came out in the magical year 2008. That's just the Dark Knight. Dark Knight is my number one movie. I, you know, again, this is Christian Bale as Batman and you have Heath Ledger as the Joker. You have Aaron Eckert as Two-Face. You, there's so much going on in this movie. This is one of the only superhero movies I literally sat on the edge of my seat from beginning to end. This is a non-stop movie. It keeps you on your toes. It is just a, one of my favorite scenes. It's just the start of the movie with the whole bank heist. I think this is probably one of the best scenes of the whole movie. It, it just was just, it, it just worked well. And I love the whole scene that you don't know who all these people are. And then Joker reveals himself as he's one of the main, the clowns in the bank robbery. I really enjoy this story. It, it really, it, to me, again, it's like Sierra says, Heath Ledger in my eyes is the best Joker. To be totally honest, he died for this role. This was his role. To me, nobody, he won a best supporting actor for this role. Like it really shows. And to me, this is just a character like you have to really work hard to get to this point in movie wise for the Joker. And I think there's only been one person since that's been able to even get close to him. And that is Joaquin Phoenix. And a lot of people don't have their views about that movie too, but he has been come close to Heath Ledger in that range. I you know, again, I one of my favorite characters is Harvey Dent, Two-Face in this movie. I think he gives off a good dynamic and how, you know, you know, what was it? You can, you know, I get what was the, I can't remember the exact quote, but pretty much it's like he says, either you can be the hero, you can die long, you know, or you can live long enough to see yourself turn into a villain. This is to me, one of the most important roles or one of the most important mo or comments in the movie because it's you what he or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain thank you willie yeah. i couldn't remember i can't remember the exact line but it i it, it that scene to me alone set the tone for the movie and you saw how to harvey dent became that and how he was such an iconic you know, district attorney, he was out for justice and then something bad happens to him. And now he's becoming a villain. Mm -hmm. It really can show that this, this is, and I think Christopher Nolan for me is probably one of the best directors for the Batman trilogies. I think he, he made it humanized. He made it relatable to all of us. It wasn't nobody with superpowers. It wasn't anybody like that. And I think that's why we had scarecrow and we had Ra's al ghul and then we had joker and two-face and we had bane and talia none of them had superpowers even bane didn't have superpowers 
he made it relatable. And I think that's what made it strong with me. To me, even even Gary Oldman, I love him as Commissioner Gordon. I it, It's the same way I look at Batman, or Spider-Man movies and say, can't have J- anybody else do the role except J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. To me, Gary Oldman was the perfect Commissioner Gordon. You couldn't have asked anybody better to come in and play that role. And such an iconic actor, and you get him to play a small role, not a small role, but not as a big of a role like Batman. And he did phenomenal. I, I, I loved him in that movie. And I think everybody played their role in this movie really well, straight up from the T. It, it wasn't, and again, it's like I said, you could, you, I was literally sitting at the edge of my seat the whole movie. It, there, it was one of my first midnight movies I ever went and watched, and I loved it. It was such a very iconic movie and just the memories I have from it, watching it there and then wanting to go back and watch it again. It was just one of those movies I just could not stop watching. It was just, it was so beautiful done or so well done in the movie. So beautiful to me. I think where you said Batman Begins was a turning point for superhero movies. I actually think this was. And the reason is because it set the tone for all now superhero movies you know, same year you had Iron Man come out and, you know, both of them are iconic movies in the superhero world. To me, this was the one that to me set the tone. And then now it's like, now you look at the new ones and you look at Joker as the one that set the tone. Now it's got to be a little darker. Now it's got to get a little bit more relatable. And I think it, to me, I can't really think of another good superhero movie other than the dark Knight. I think this is to me, one of my favorites probably would rank my as my number one in my all-time favorite list it, it, it just really is it's a really good movie so yeah my number one is the dark knight so there's our list you guys you guys can comment out down below if you're watching it on our youtube channel give us your top five movies give your opinions on our picks too we'd love to hear them and kind of so we can collaborate too um other than that you know, thank you for listening to the podcast. We look forward to doing more and having you guys continue watching us. So again, my name is Brandon. I'm Will. I'm Sierra. And this has been Comic Talkers. Thank you. Have a nice night. Bye.